Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Charlotte. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. Hey guys, welcome back to Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is Janie Charlotte. And this next episode is all about self-mastery. And I love talking about self-mastery because it is a process and evolution where we no longer respond to the outside world in which we have no control over. But we actually get reconnected to the ever-expansiveness of our inner world in which we have full reign over. So self-mastery is a process, it is an evolution where you align um, in full heart and mind and gain full mastery over emotions, triggers, reactions, everything that you can control on the inside of you. And we know, guys, that life is all about um, growing and evolving and expanding. So do we ever reach self-mastery? I guess that remains to be seen as we continue to reincarnate to learn our lessons, right? But I do believe that we can definitely do some things to become the best and highest version of ourselves. And I think when we aim for that, we are aiming for self-mastery. So check out this next episode. As always, please like, subscribe, and share. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and guys, please support Bridge to Healthcare. This is a nonprofit 501c3 um, organization that is tax exempt. Um, and this is how Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast have also been sponsored um, over the last few months. And we just want to thank you all who has donated. Um, Bridge to Healthcare focuses on bridging the gap in healthcare in the areas of mental, physical, spiritual, relational healthcare. And Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast is a part of that relational healthcare, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to each other, and as a community. So we appreciate you guys. Check out this next episode. And as always, I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is Janie Charlotte and Russell Bruce. Hey everybody. So we are also recording our podcast for a few platforms and also decided to do Facebook Live again. And so today we are talking about self-mastery. So if you have any questions as we go along, please leave them in the comments. Uh, we'll be happy to dialogue and just have that conversation. Um, also, today, we're going to be giving away a few copies of our books. Um, so that's why you see Capacity to Love in the back. So we'll be giving copies of Capacity to Love, Seven Steps to Mastering Emotions, and also Meal Alchemy. Um, a part of self-mastery is taking that empowerment within self. And so some of these projects that we were able to get through is because we own that. We became self-masters and we focused on that. And I like to think of self-mastery as um, you become accountable for your actions and your life and you're no longer the victim. And um, it takes a conscious 
effort um, day in and day out, moment by moment to really see, am I being accountable am I, or am I playing the victim? All right, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, so why focus on self-mastery? I think self-mastery is where all the magic starts, right? So in the ancient world, in ancient Egypt, in Greece, the slogan, know thyself, was like priority because they felt that foremostly knowing who you are, knowing what your strengths and your weaknesses are and, you know, where you fit in the world and the universe, all these different things gave you a deeper perspective of who you are and what your purpose is. And also what we see in the world and, and what we're capable of doing is all based upon what's going on inside of us, right? Yeah. So um, we, we spoke a lot in recent podcasts about, you know, living from the inside out, things of that nature. And, and it's basically stating that you're basically like a sum total of the work that you've done on yourself internally, not so much externally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, everything that is reflected externally started internally. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, there's three phases and we'll be touching on this uh, mind, body, and soul. So what you do mentally, physically, and spiritually, you know, actually creates the world that you currently live in. Like there's a saying, you may have come out of the womb looking like your parents, but now we tend to look like our choices. So, yeah. And I think we have been programmed to look at everything on the external. We, we have been programmed that way from, I think a young age, probably before the age of seven, that we have, we have to look at everything on the outside. So we have been programmed to conquer everything outside of us. And really, we have no control over anything that happens outside of us. However, self-mastery is about controlling everything that is within us. So our emotions, our reactions to things, you know, um, our own traumas, our triggers, all of those are things that we have to self-master. And I think another big thing is that if we focus on self individually, then collectively we become better automatically. And I think there's no better way to help the collective and to make a shift in humanity than to focus on your own self, your own shortcomings, your own traumas, your own triggers, your own reactions to outside stimulus. So, all right. So what prevents self-mastery? What is one of the main things that will prevent somebody from focusing on self? The number one thing is the ego. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, because the ego is, you know, that wounded part of self that says, you know, I'm going to treat people a certain way based upon, you know, whatever, like based upon economic status, race, political affiliation, so things of that nature. Or you could be like, hey, I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So the, the ego, you know, and, and it, it's there's things that we all have to heal from. 
that we may not be paying attention to. And that healed individual is going to be able to treat people the way that they want to be treated, regardless of any of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, ego is definitely a big one because I think it's a, your ego is in a constant war with your higher self. All right, or your spirit-led self. And until the ego is in check, the spirit or your higher self can't rise. So the ego kind of keeps stopping the higher self from rising. So I definitely think ego is one of the biggest issues in why people don't reach self-mastery. Or perhaps they get on the road to self-mastery and then they they veer left or veer right because of the ego. So So let's talk about how do we master ourselves? Because I like to focus on solutions. Um, There's a lot of problems in the world. We all know that, but people tend to focus on the problems. I like to focus on solutions. And I think what we put our energy into is what we'll see manifested and what we'll see grow. So let's talk about how do we master ourselves? And we'll go through about six to seven steps that has worked for us. And um, just through a lot of research, metaphysical research, um, people who have attained true enlightenment and stuff like that, they've also done these steps. And this is not by no means the law. This is just what we wanna share. So if this resonate with you, use it. If it doesn't, leave it on the shelf, okay? So number one, become self-aware, all right? And that is, Seeing yourself clearly and objectively through reflection. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, reflecting, like there's a picture I like to post all the time. It's a picture of a bird out in a pond. And it was basically stating that you could see your reflection best when you stand still. Because, you know, when you first stand in the water, you get the ripple effect. You get the waves, but if you stand still and be patient, you can start to see yourself a lot clearer. Yeah, and self-aware is really is like stopping. Like <coughs> if you if you're um, if you're on the go all the time, if you're busy with being busy, you know, if you're caught up in in meeting after meeting and event after event and doing and doing, you can't be self-aware because you're doing. A part of self-awareness is stopping and observing and not judging yourself, but it is, it is observing. Like, wow, I notice when somebody say that, I always do this. Or I notice if somebody bring up a certain subject, I, I freeze. Oh, I notice that I'm dating the same type of guy. Or, and it's just, it's just observing, but you have to stop to, to become self-aware. Yeah, and basically, you know, becoming self-aware and understanding that the way you treat yourself is the invitation that you give to others. Like, if you treat yourself with love, respect, dignity, and, you know, you carry yourself in a certain light, people are going to tend to respond to that. So it's like inside, you can't be walking around, hey, I'm a king or a queen, but, you know, living this derelict lifestyle on the exterior and expecting people to respond to, you know, your thoughts that you have inside of your head that you're not embodying and living. So 
embody your truth that you that you want to live, that you want to convey in the way that you want people to respond. Yep. All right. So next is self-exploration. You know, so self-exploration is one of those things. Know that self. Like you should ask yourself the question, who am I? You know, who am I? Where did I come from? What's my purpose? Yeah. And I like that you said, why, who am I? Because self-exploration is asking the question, why? So it's like evaluating your own thoughts, evaluating your beliefs, evaluating your feelings, your behaviors, your intentions, your motivations, and asking why. So if I'm motivated by money, why? Does that stem from a lack of, and now I'm motivated by money because I didn't have money? So it's asking yourself why, you know, um, if, if I have a certain uh, belief about something, uh, about culture, or where does that belief come from? Was that something that was instilled in me at birth through, through my parents? And that's their belief, but I never really examined that belief for my own, for myself. So it's really asking why. And it, it's always funny to me through coaching that people never do self-exploration. I mean, I've even had people tell me that they don't like to do self, self-reflection or self-exploration. But the thing is, we never learn and we never grow if we don't explore. Because if you've gone through relationships and you're not reflecting, then you're just, you're just doing something um, you're just doing something without learning the lessons that you should be learning. And then you're going to find yourself on a loop. So self-exploration is very important. But I just wanted to mention, ask your, yourself the question, why? Yeah. And, and just to add another thing onto that, I mentioned a second ago about in the ancient world, like know thyself was this big slogan, right? And Socrates added on to that by saying the unexamined life is not worth living Mm -hmm. because you have some people who just exist like they just wake up go to sleep eat drink fornicate go back to sleep Mm -hmm. go back to work kind of living this hamster wheel life and never sit back to examine their life to find out like what what is this life all about why was I created why did I come into being you know, what is my purpose Mm -hmm. and what can I offer humanity? Yeah. And just even if there are certain traits within yourself, ask yourself why, and then those answers will come to you. You know, why am I angry right now? Why am I, you know, jealous? Why do I have these traits? What what is deep within me that I need to to think about? Because sometimes trauma can get really deep in the subconscious layers and you don't even know it's there. So ask yourself why. Yeah, and one more thing is that most of what happens to you is out of your control. It's how you respond to it, you know. And there's a saying they say it's one percent of what happens in '99. It may not be that, but it's definitely how you respond. Because the same thing could be happening to two different people, and they're going to respond two different ways, yeah. and they're going to have two different outcomes. Yeah, or two different experiences. Exactly. All right. So next is self-discovery. And this is this is a process, right? In all of these steps, it's a process. So it's not something you could do in one day. It's a it's actually a part of evolution. It's a process. 
Um, but it's finding your authentic self and, and learning more about yourself. So I like to use traveling. You know, you have a lot of people that are out discovering the world and traveling and they're seeing themselves in other people. They're, they're learning different cultures and you're learning that, wow, I'm not so different than somebody that's in Africa or somebody that's in South America. That's self-discovery when you're traveling and you're going out and you're enjoying different, different food, different cultures. You're, uh, you're going to conferences on things that will be self-development. That's self-discovery. It's, it's learning what's me and what's not me. And it's a process of of experiencing the things that you don't like and then experiencing things that you do like to put away the things that you don't like. You know, I was reading something the other day and it talked about like if you meditate and your, your eyes are closed, you smell, you can touch, you could feel, you can hear, like that person experiencing those senses, that's the soul that's the higher you yeah right and when you're traveling and you're expanding it's really just a way for the soul that's trapped within this spacesuit we call a body now like when you're traveling you're getting on a plane or in a car and you're going somewhere you're enabling this soul to travel without it leaving the physical body yeah but you know you start reading stories of uh you know, people who died on an operating table and came back and they talk about how their soul leaves their body and travel. And we do this every night when we go to sleep, like the soul leaves the body and goes experience when you have dreams. Yeah. You know, and so traveling is one of those things where you're able to explore and you're able to expand your consciousness. Yep. Books is another way, which is another reason why we want to give away our books today, because exactly. books can be an experience. It could it could help with self-discovery. It could take you on a journey within yourself and um, or even a, a journey through the eyes of the author. But that's another way of self-discovery. Music is another self-discovery. When you listen to music, sometimes it take you down memory lane. It'll take you to another place in time. Um, it'll help you process your feelings. Sometimes you don't know what you're feeling, but then you hear a song and the, the artist just put it all out. Like, man, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> but you couldn't express it. Poetry is another thing. Um, sometimes art, you could look at art and just find yourself in those pictures. So all of this is self-discovery and it's a process. Yeah, and, and basically what she's describing there is an expression of the soul, right? So Facts. the artists, writers, you know, musicians, basically what they're doing is they're sharing their soul with us by putting it in a song, putting it on paper and word, or even what I do with food. This is an expression of my soul and I'm able to perform alchemy with food. You can grab different ingredients, whether they're leftovers or whatever, and throw together something that's beautiful, colorful, mm -hmm. flavorful, that everyone can enjoy. So yeah, definitely. And the thing is, everybody out there, like, you know, people talk about uniqueness saying you're one in a million. We are all one in eight billion on this planet. You're very unique. Every single one of us has a song that we have. We have a story, we have a book in us, we have a 
a product, we have a business idea. It's in each and every one of us. The thing is, do not go to the grave with that song, that book, that product, that business idea trapped in your soul because you were sent here to release that to humanity and you alone were the only one. You know, and we, we spoke about that this, this morning that a lot of people tend to, you know, they keep comparing themselves to others and you can't do that because comparison is the thief of joy, right? It really is. And the thing is, we're very unique and there's something that you and you alone have to give to the world. We're like this big, this big, if you ever played with the jigsaw puzzles, yeah, and you had like say two, three hundred pieces of. We got eight billion. Mm-hmm. We have eight billion. Look at it that way. We are eight billion pieces to a larger puzzle. Each one of us play a part in that big picture. So, please play your part. Yeah, um, and I just want to say that you know self discovery is also about. You may not know exactly what you want to do. You might be. You, you might be between jobs. You might be trying to recreate yourself. You might be, you know, you've, you've done 20 years in a certain job and I'm done. And you can't do that no more, but you don't quite understand what's the next step. That's okay. That's a part of self-discovery. Just give yourself grace. That's the, that's the step of self-discovery where you're trying to figure it out and figure out what fits and what no longer fits as the truth for you. So I just wanted people to understand that it's also okay not to know. That's self-discovery. That's the phase. And and sometimes it's not long for people. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for other people. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to think about, like, if you were to hit the lotto for $100 million after taxes, what would your life look like? What would you do every day? Those are the things that most likely that you really need to be doing now. Now, that's a good point. And, and we talk about this all the time because our lives wouldn't change a whole lot. I mean, we would have a lot more money to do the things that we already are doing and already love to do. I mean, because we like to travel. We like to read. We like to eat good food. Eat good food. We like to, you know, um, Uh, I was about to say try wine you know and we like to give and we like to teach and we like to help raise consciousness those are the things that we are here to do so it's like you should already be doing that do what you can with what you have right now and I guarantee you the universe will give you everything else that you need hands down that's why I said seek the kingdom and its righteousness first you'll get everything you need All right, moving on, because self-discovery is is fun to talk about because it is, is about the soul discovering itself and discovering all these things about itself, but we'll move on. So self-understanding is next, and I like that because you have to understand. In order to accept something about yourself, you have to understand it. So for example, if you are a child that is a product of a divorce, your parents divorced, and maybe in that divorce, you felt somewhat abandoned or something by one parent or something like that, you, in you trying to understand your abandonment issue, you have to understand, wow, my parents went through a divorce. I get it. 
I get it. And it's not my fault. And, and I understand it. And this abandonment really isn't something I should hold as my fault. So I hope that's clear. I just wanted to give a real example of self-understanding, like understand yourself. You know, um, I, I had to learn to be patient with myself. I had, because I'm a person, if I set a goal, I'm very focused on it, but I had to be patient and just be like, it's okay. In the right timing, things will unfold in the way it should unfold. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole thing about understanding is, you know, they say to seek knowledge, but wisdom comes with the application and knowledge and understanding is knowing when to apply it. That's a good one. You know, so it's All right, like, Chef Russ. <laughs> we were both products of divorced parents. We've been divorced ourselves. And, you know, it, it's like you have two choices. You could become bitter or you could become better. You know, and it's all for the learning. Everything that looks like it's a disappointment or a failure or setback, they're opportunities as well. So they're opportunities for you to get better. Yeah. And and like I was saying, we had great conversations in the morning, but there was another one. You only have to win once. You know, most yeah. people who were great scientists, great inventors or whatever, they failed many times. They failed many times, but that one time they got it right. But the thing is, they didn't quit. Yeah. Don't quit. Quitting is never. Because you only have to win once to be successful. Yeah. And if you don't remember anything about self understanding, remember that you have to fully accept everything about yourself. All right. Your quirks, your shortcomings. You have to accept everything about yourself. And then in the next step, which is self-love, you have to love everything about yourself, all right? So the next step is self-love. And I will tell you, you cannot love anything or someone that you cannot fully accept and understand, all right? So in order to have self-love, you have to accept and understand yourself. And we're talking about this as self, but once you do this for self, now you open that up for other people. Because if I don't have self-love for Janie, I can't love Russell. I can't love my child. I have to, I have to get that for myself. I think that's why we have you know, a lot of parents who... And this is not judgment. This is not judgment at all. But I think in their shortcomings is like they they don't have certain things to give kids. And then kids are coming up in lack of mostly love, mostly love. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like a person can't love you or they can only love you to the depths in which they can love themselves. Self-love. So it's like, you know. A lot of people out here, I see, you know, get into relationships because, you know, the person has a lot of money or she has a nice body and she's beautiful or, you know, all these physical material type things, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, I lost my thought. But we're talking about self-love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like you can't go to a lemon tree looking for oranges 
So it's like, if you're looking for love, it can't be based upon these physical material things because you're going to be disappointed 99.9% of the time Yeah. because people will get into relationships and if it's for physical things, it has a shelf life. Yeah. You know, you're going to get, let's say, for example, the person with the money is, is an egotistical maniac, you know, um, a lot of times you see people end up becoming slaves inside somebody else's dream because they're chasing something else or they're unhappy the whole time they're faking it. And when you do that, that energy gets trapped and lodged in different parts of the body. And it will show up some shape, form or fashion as an illness or whatever. We listen to stories every day where people constantly gave of themselves and, and didn't love themselves enough to work on themselves to, you know, to go out and find the perfect person for them. And they jump into these codependent relationships, whether even it's with family members, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of family members when they shouldn't have or, or what have you. And the next thing you know, they end up with some form of cancer or whatever or, or different ailments. But when they heal that relationship, with that person, then all of a sudden the dis-ease that they have within their body heals as well. Yeah, that's definitely true. And and just remember, self-love. This everything starts with self first. And then I want to talk about our book, um, Capacity to Love, because our the book has very little to do about me and Russell's love story, although we talk about things from a masculine energy and a feminine energy, but the book is all about capacity, all right? What is your capacity to love? What is your capacity on self-love? What is your capacity on forgiveness? What is your capacity on compassion and empathy? And then is is going deeper when you find trauma and you find that there's something blocking your heart space from opening is working in love to heal yourself and to heal, you know, those traumas and those triggers within yourself, because we all have the capacity to self-heal. All right. And the truth is when, when we, at the end of the day, that's why we're here. We're here to love each other as we would love ourselves but it starts with self. So we really, you know, I really wanted to drive that in that the book is, it it touches on so many things. It's not a love story per se. It's a love story, but it's more so focused on the love for yourself. Seriously. Go go on Amazon, read the the excerpts and the pages that are are capable of being seen just to get an idea what's inside yep and leave us a comment leave us a question and you will hear from us we'll inbox you we'll send you a copy a free copy of capacity to love if you're listening to this and you're interested in a copy of capacity to love leave a comment and we will inbox you to get more information on how we can get it to you um the book is about raising the consciousness of humanity and it's a mission work and and we're doing what we have to do to do it All right. So self-love was that step. All right. So after self-love, guess what? It's self-transformation. All right. You become a new being. 
So this is allowing yourself to change into the person you really desire to be. You're not caught up in this box based on beliefs, based on what somebody else wants you to, to be, based on what you think things should be. This is truly coming from your heart. And this is truly who I desire to be. And so that's self-transformation. Yeah, so basically it's you going from your caterpillar self to your butterfly self. Yep. And, and speaking about that, Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, you want to go ahead and say it? Yeah, so the other day we seen this large, beautiful yellow caterpillar out back dancing around on the patio furniture. And uh, what, about 24 hours later, the next it day. appeared again, dead. And we're like, what was that? Right? Yeah. So it's like we were looking up. And I'm always <laughs> like, okay, spirit, now you showing me a dead caterpillar. What so what, what do we need? And what, what does it mean? So we started to dig a little deeper in on caterpillars. And there were some things that I didn't know. Like I didn't know that they had two different forms of DNA. Yes. And you read a little bit more in detail on that. So yeah. I you want to touch on that. Yeah. So the caterpillar. And it, it, it has two sets of DNA. And I, I, I just, in my spirit, I feel this to be very, very true. Okay. It, just in my own personal journey. So the caterpillar has two sets of DNA. One set is turned off while one set is turned on. Okay. So while the caterpillar is the caterpillar, one set of DNA is turned on. And as you know, the caterpillar go, goes inside the cocoon. But the caterpillar, while inside the cocoon, actually dies, all right, and becomes a butterfly, which is a whole totally different type of insect with a whole totally different DNA, okay? It has no memory of its life as a caterpillar. Has no memory of the life as a caterpillar. So after we saw the dead caterpillar, I was like, on my walk outside in nature, I was like, okay, what are you trying to show me here? And I mean, as soon as I, I got the download and I started researching it, I told Russell, we were both blown away about first the two sets of DNA, but also we found out that what, 10% of the caterpillar- It said less than 10, but when I looked, it was one to two out of every 100. One to two out of every 100 caterpillars or less than 10% of caterpillars make it to the butterfly stage. So what that told me was, first I realized, okay, the caterpillar died, but not all caterpillars are meant to turn into butterflies. They gotta come back and, and learn another lesson. They gotta come back and, and try again, whatever lesson they is until they get to that butterfly stage. And when you think about it on a very transformational level, it's amazing because I'll just tell you personally, I've been through self-transformation and, and a, a part of you dies and a new, totally new person, a new being emerges. And it's a beautiful process. But as we know, when things are dying away, it's like chaotic. It's, you can't see, it's dark. And I talk about it in the book. And it, it really hit home because I was like, wow, now caterpillars are, are going to make it to the butterfly. So that's a miracle in itself. And 
you have two sets of DNA, one that turns off and one that turns on, and then you become a whole new being. And, and different things play a part in activating. Atmosphere, time, and nature, and history. All of that. Everything. Wow. And I think right now, we as a human species are going through a metamorphosis into new beings. And we're being we're being dealt a, a deck of cards where we have to make a choice. Yes. And I'll tell you guys, to get to self-transformation, you've got to go through self-love on a, on a deep level. You've got to learn how to love self. We can't love each other if we can't love ourselves. Yeah. And so after self-transformation is self-mastery. You, you walk into your goddess, god headship. And um, you are in total control of everything that goes on within you. So emotions, reactions to people, outside things. We talked about the weather. We can't control the weather. But guess what? We could pack an umbrella, all right? If we know a hurricane is coming, we could board up and we could leave. So we are in control of everything we do internally, but we can't control nothing outside of us. Even other people, other souls, other beings. You can't control other people. You can't. You can only control yourself and your reaction to that person. That's it. And like they say, man will attempt to conquer outer space before he attempts to conquer himself. Exactly. And, and we should conquer self first. You know? Exactly. We should learn how to master our emotions. Yes. Learn how to forgive. Leave us a comment and we'll inbox you. All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share on self-mastery? I think we touched on a lot. Yeah. We can keep talking forever, but yeah, we, we touched on a lot. Yep. So we're going to wrap up, guys. Um, this has been another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. My name is Janie, and this is Russell. And uh, this podcast is inspired by love, God, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth, energy and vibrations, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine energy, music and all things of the heart and soul. This is how we connect our hearts with our minds for complete alignment. All right, guys, we appreciate you so much. Please like, subscribe and share and reach out to us if there's anything that we could assist you in self-mastery as well. Yeah, and also, if there's any topics out there you would like for us to discuss in more detail, please leave that message as well. All right, guys, take care. Peace. Thank you.